Thanks, sponsors. Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugging the Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Compsy.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Here's another uh, one of the questions that we dealt with at the Hobby Content Creators Dinner. As a content creator, how have you helped not just non-traditional collectors, but non-traditional future collectors? How have you helped them get in, really join the hobby? I had a person I did not know today come up with me and was talking about the synagogue show and said, that's my wife's favorite show because she loved going through the Island of Misfit toy prizes. She also liked the fact that it was a very family-friendly atmosphere. So I don't want to say she's going full-time with the hobby, but the hubby says, I want to go to that show. She goes, I'm going with you. Where she probably wasn't coming to the Dallas Card Show because that's not something she's going to spend a lot of time in. But she enjoyed the more peaceful setting. So it depends on the person. But I think if you treat everybody fairly and you don't do things based you know, race, gender, color, creed, a lot of people would be very receptive to say. Yeah, but, but what's the entry point? Is it to take them to a card shop? Is it take them to a small show? Is it take them to a big show? Is it take some albums over and show them? Educate? Different for well, every person. You have to size them up and see what their interest is? Because I, I get into like random conversations on Twitter about all this, and they start to think about the, their childhoods. And, oh, yeah, I did the whole Beanie Baby craze in the 1990s and such. And there's little in, inlands to where people finally realize that collecting is really for everyone. We all collect something. It's just a matter of what it is. <laughs> Angela, you told me earlier this weekend you're in a, a women in a hobby or something. I am. I'm in like this like weird... DM group of 50 women. It's very entertaining. And is that Sam Schufert's thing? Is I, no, I think it? it's a different one. A different one? <laughs> There's a few of them out there now. That's great because this show, more and more women. Oh, yeah. And and more, it's different more watching more the women up. walk and then there's five guys following them around. The guys not, know yeah. nothing it's about It's not like hobby. a Rush concert anymore. No. Right? <laughs> and we have, we have women on both sides of the table, which is even more it's, it's, it's great. More and more people of color setting up behind yep. them mm -hmm. and walking sure. around. And there's more women to collect. Which when I was growing up, there was not a female on a card unless it was the Laverne and Shirley set. It's different now with... with well, Hey, well, and I introduced you to Becca today. Yeah. I met her in Clubhouse. We found out we had a mutual friend. She lives here in town. Her father-in-law passed away, and they inherited this huge collection of cards. Well, her husband didn't want to deal with it, neither did the brother or sister. So she says, I'll take it. She knew nothing about cards. It actually is a really nice collection, probably a $100,000 collection. And it's all raw, except for a couple of great cards and sets. But she didn't know what to do. So she was looking for help and we were able to connect and I helped look through her card and she started learning how to list on eBay. And then I got her today at the first card shop. I showed her how to organize, actually showed her one of your videos about how organized you were. I was actually going to introduce her to yeah. several other people here and get her into the hobby because she's actually excited about learning about it. But, but Rob surely would not be interested. You already have 40 million cards. Yeah, you don't need any more, do you? Oh, I'm a sick puppy. I just love buying cards. I'm like you, a total card dork, Jim. Can I have more? God, he who dies with the most cards wins. We're talking about people that we meet physically, and, mm -hmm. and our influence goes well beyond anybody we're going to meet as yeah. content creators. The most common direct messages I get through Instagram, people giving me feedback is, man, I used to be a modern guy, and I, I found your podcast, and I didn't even know about 53 Tops. And they go and investigate, and they're like, I just love this stuff. So that inspiring part of being a content creator is if you just talk with enthusiasm and passion, and people feel that. A guy did ask me today in person, he said, I don't know what to do. I 
I'm a modern guy, but I really want to go vintage. So just find a set, find a player you like, you think is interesting. That's the influence we have way more than the occasional face-to-face influence. Now, the guy today is, I never comment, but I listen to everything. And we're doing that as long as you convey the passion, as long as you talk about it. That's how you bring people into the hobby. Whether or not they end up being a vintage collector or not. It's very rare that they come in as a vintage. Ryan Nolan they graduate. one of the first. You graduate. They usually come in with the, the new cards. That's what's being marketed. We all do, though. I'm saying that's I the norm. In, in but then you're giving them an approach and... Uh, Ryan also had a head start. He, well, he had his dad. He and, had his dad. And, but Ryan has a couple of friends. I, I saw them at the show because Ryan's at the non-sports show in Philly this weekend. Yeah. And the kids were, and when I say kids, they're about his age. And they were all excited about the Sports Kings, Jimmy Fox, or Lefty Grove, or whatever. I'm, I'm just making or a 27 Lefty Grove exhibit, or a 27 exhibit Fox. They were excited about what they picked up. And granted, it's the names. They probably won't finish the set. But they were excited about getting names of the great cards of the past. And they have the same passion Ryan does. Well, it came from Ryan's passion. So he's influenced a bunch of people his age. There was a kid, he and his dad, who's no longer with us, used to do my show. And casually in conversation, you heard that he the play he, balls. He, he's finished, oh, oh, I just finished my 39 to 41 play ball run. And he says he needs about 25, 52 high numbers to complete that. He has Mantle, he has Campy, and he has Robinson. He, he needs Matthews and a few others. But he's excited. He sold his dupes, but he's still working on his collection. Cool. We can be infectious if we want to be. Oh, yeah. We have the power to be that. And when you hear that, it's pretty hard to be blasé, isn't it? Ho-hum. He that was sounds ho-hum. cool. He was more ho-hum about what he had completed than I was. I was like, you just dropped that in conversation. Holy cow. When you and I were in the 70s, we could do things like that. Today, hearing somebody complete a Gaudi set? Yeah. You never know who's listening for the first time, who's contemplating getting into the hobby and what podcast they're going to pick. Because people have told me, I listened to your show. I was on the fence. I wanted to learn more. So I don't assume everyone that listens to my content knows exactly what I'm talking about. Someone could be listening for the first time that's either thinking about getting in the hobby or just already started and those waters can be scary for them. I've always said on the show, my phone number's there. You can call or text me any question. I've done it for 37 years. I've learned a, a couple things. What's that number again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say when you came back to the hobby, one of the first podcasts you heard was John's? Yeah, just started listening and the first vintage podcast that I started listening to was Mike's and now I can't not listen eagerly wait of each episode mike thank you before we walked into this room had a gentleman come up to me and his father passed my father just passed he broke his foot i broke my foot he, <laughs> he says i was in a medical state and you helped me through that state through your videos my heart felt full because of that ability so as we produce and create we need to make sure that everybody knows it's with full heart, full intention, positive. So you just show light. And if you do that, people will actually want to know more and reach out. We're talking about the positives here, but Angela, are there some that are turnoffs or they're dismissive or you know, I mean, I not, have my favorites and I have my least favorites. Are there I some like- that are doing things wrong though, that are not welcoming? Is there a way 
No. That we should Who avoid. Decides, though, what's... Yeah, it, it's our personal saying... preference. I listen to a multitude of things because I like podcasts that even are, uh, disagree with <coughs> what I think things should be like. So hearing the world view, so to speak, is, is, is a wonderful thing. And the reason I posed this question was that my, my goddaughter has only ever collected Pokemon. But because of some family happenings, we've traveled more often to Ohio than normal. And she's been a lifelong skater. So we picked her up a few of the Olympic skater sets, and she's actually met some of these people in person and has used these cards to have them sign in person. And it's grown her into a people that she's met collection, which is very legit. So, yeah. Not for a 17-year-old girl to have an ice skating collection, it's a start. But you didn't tell her, hey, you're doing it wrong. No. no. I found something she liked. Care. Encouraged. And she liked ripping well. The NASCAR radio, we primarily up to the fall we're just doing NASCAR. We didn't do anything F1, some Indy, you know, but we started including F1. And, and we did it because of the popularity. We wanted to see some cross-pollination between NASCAR and Formula One and get each side educated. Since we've done that, actually, our followers have increased, and it's been really good. Someone will send an email to me, and I'll turn that email into a, a blog post because when you submit an email through my contact us page, I say your message is uh, consent to allow us to use it in any media. So I turn that into a blog post so other people can also benefit from the knowledge that I would otherwise just be drafting to send as an email. It's now shared for everybody. Beneficial for both the people sending me email and just other users. Like, oh, I didn't know about that random Babe Ruth Broder from the early 90s with the sparkle whatever and so and i can go through the background of the broders and talk about the rarity and why it might be rare but it's not that valuable just to answer simple questions to piggyback on that so much of my content is based on what happened yesterday in the shop and just situations that'll come up and i don't mean to pick on a grading company but please do it, it's, it's <laughs> someone comes in with a whole bunch of hga slabs and i'm looking at it going a they're almost impossible to comp b and he's like, why are you offering so little? And I'm like, I, I, here's a question for you. When was the last time you walked into a hobby shop and said, where are your HDA slabs for sale? And it was a conversation that we had. Yeah, they're cheaper. Yeah, you get them back faster. But at the end of the day, nobody cares. Just explaining it because very little content out there is from the hobby shop perspective, day-to-day -day operations of running a store. And I think my content is unique to that. And how difficult it is to deal with expectations from the consumer on all levels because no two people are alike in what they're looking for. And as a retailer, your job is to say yes as often as possible to as many different questions as possible. And we try to explain the different ways that we do that and the ways we provide liquidity. Very few stores you walk into with a black box of cards, and they're willing to sit there, go through the cards, comp the cards, pay cash, whatever it happens to be. But you're dealing with expectations of somebody. Retail in this business is brutally hard. That's why I'm there three hours before we open. It's cathartic for me to talk about these things. Just explain to people that it's a unique job being in this business. And I come from a background, Jim will tell you, I used to travel the country doing seminars for Tops, Upper Deck, Beckett. And that was taken away from me years ago. I haven't done it. But this was like, oh my God, it's like doing that again. And our Instagram followings up to 34,000 people that actually want to hear my message because I'm not just yelling, ranting, screaming, telling you what's next. I've never pushed any card on anybody before. I've never recommended anything before to people. And I think that's the because genuineness. you have every card. There's that. But I think people really want to hear the experiences from people that do this full time. And if they're thinking about getting into the industry, 
maybe my content will help them. Like we do these different things on how we do our showcases. Guy was in the store yesterday. I've followed you for a year and a half. I cannot believe the differences from listening to what you do and how it drives traffic to my storefront. And that means a lot to me. You mentioned, Angela, the women of the hobby. Yes. But I'm not aware of any international uh, Asians of the hobby or African-Americans of the hobby. Is there any need for that? Or is that just assumed that it's an experience that men have and women have a different experience? Or I is saw it? one in the elevator today, hours ago, a guy from South Korea. Came yeah. There's South a couple Korea. of them. There's a couple of them. Yeah, but he doesn't need to band together necessarily. No, no, no. No. And I talked to him. I said, what are you into? KBO is oh, basketball, football, soccer, mm-hmm. which is great. The industry right now is great. You have cash, you can buy cards. Right. You have cards, you can turn them into different cards. Previously, like early on, it seemed that males did not want to necessarily sell cards to women. That's not the case right now. Everyone has money, cards are flying, it doesn't right. matter anymore. But it's holdover from that, I have it's experienced good. that attitude. Well, <laughs> Angela, do you think it's because men feel that they have to mansplain to women about sports? When <laughs> this is part of that, yeah. More tolerance or more patience for a woman bringing in junk wax. Definitely. Yeah, or definitely. A, yeah. a person of color. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps. So ask a question. Perhaps. Rob, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but... There's a lot of bros in your shop. You'd be amazed. <laughs> but I'm talking about behind the counter. Yeah. What are, what are we doing about that? Yeah. What do you mean, bros? You, it, it seems like you have an all-male staff. Uh, I mean, there's room for that in shops, too. I, I I'd love to have a woman yeah. in the store. You don't get... I don't get applic- I, uh, it, 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 There are not very many qualified But I'll tell you applicants. something. They're coming more prevalent. Stay however, under 50 it, employees. That's yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the key the right there. But yeah, you can but never assume a woman in your store mm-hmm. isn't the collector. And back in the day, right. they would sit in the car and wait mm-hmm. for the husband to come back out and call them, where are you? Yeah. Now they're in my store. Now they're right. looking around. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, you need to sell mom. Once mom's on board, mm-hmm. everything else falls into place. And uh, you have a clean, well-lit store. You treat their kids with respect. And you never assume that they're not the collector. That's huge. That's huge. I've seen Rob buy junk from people and explain to them, this really isn't worth much, but I'll give you $12 for this. Yes. <laughs> I saw that last month. Yeah. The 84 tops. And Mouse chewed through Duke Snyder, 63, whatever. Explain it to them. We just need more liquidity and more understanding. It's a two-way market. Yeah. It's not selling microwaves. We're right. dealing with something that has value. And the more of us that tell you that it doesn't have value or I don't want it, it's just a negative thing that we don't need in the industry. That's the final turnoff.